Josh, here we are again. Yeah, here we are again. It's uh, it's Thursday. A little earlier than normal. Yes. Which is fine with me once I'm up. Right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Josh texted me last night. Can we, can we do 8 or 8.30-ish, I think it was. Right. Well, you... well, I wasn't able to, to be here last night. Right. I was actually up in uh, Century. Um, it went a little long. So, um, yeah. So, how'd it go last night? It was fun. Not because you weren't there. Don't uh, get me wrong. You can say that. <laughs> I tend to overcompensate when you're not there, trying to get things excited, and so they won't notice that you're not. <laughs> no, we. It, it, I'm I'm comfortable with with uh, a lot of interaction. You know right. what I mean. I like to open, uh, ask a lot of open ended questions or questions I know the answer to. Right. But I know mostly Chris one or Chris two will answer, and that will spawn other questions and Lydia was there last night too and she loves asking questions and I love the questions she asks so I knew that we were going to have a good uh you know good conversation right and and we did uh talked about home security and ways of fortifying your home that are really really simple yeah some solid and some just for visual um putting a a a size 12 a pair of muddy work boots outside of uh, the door, you know, for single mothers, right. perhaps. Um, uh, beware of dog sign. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you have a dog or not. Uh, and some, some yeah. work. You can, you can buy these, um, like, life-size dog. Like, they, they look like real dogs if mm-hmm. you're looking at them, you know, inside a window or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just like a little uh, statue or whatever. Like a okay, you yeah, see but, a silhouette uh, or whatever. But they'll actually have a recording that projection <laughs> of a dog barking. <laughs> Anything that works, I, right. I, I am for, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, uh, one brought up a good point last night. Um, there, uh, You know, it's popular to get... Um, Alarm signs, even if you don't have an alarm, right. you know, beware of alarm or you're on camera or whatever. Well, the, the, the good thieves um, are the ones that can tell a different, uh, a real sign from a, from a uh, fake sign. And Chris said the, the real signs actually have a, like a copyright number or they have a certain number or frequency right. or whatever it is, not frequency, but whatever it is, there's a number on the bottom of it that most people will overlook and you can't technically put that on a fake sign. Right. So there you go. Now you can get, Chris said, Hey, if your neighbor's moving, you know what I mean? Just yeah. ask them if you can have the sign <laughs> and you can get real signs, right. you know, whenever they're available. So that's something that I didn't know that we learned. Um, and we talked a little bit about real things like fortifying your, uh, w- w- the lock on your door, putting four inch screws into the, the, yep. the plate, the jam plate or whatever it's called. I did that. You did? Yeah. It, I think that's one of the best things you can do. It yeah. really makes it strong. I, I learned that from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, the pastor church I went to in Houston, uh, who is also a, a general contractor. Um, he used to always say that whenever he installs a door, he puts, he, he, he throws the screws away that come with the door and he puts big old four inch long right. uh, things yep. in that. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I did it. And we talked about this about a month ago or even longer, um, but we went into more detail about mm-hmm. it last night. It's very, that's a very simple thing to do. And yeah. into the other side of the door too, the, uh, the hinges, mm-hmm. put four inch screws in there and, and that helps. I mean, it's going to take a little bit more power to kick a door down like that. Right. It's not foolproof. 
nothing, very few things are foolproof. Yeah. Um, one of the things that... You'll, you'll keep the first two zombies at bay. Yeah, that's right. right. Gives you a little bit of time, you know, <laughs> maybe yeah. get a little bit of time. Um, one of the extreme things that I've seen happen, you're, you've, you may have seen this help people build houses and things with your engineering, doors that open going out. Right. Have you ever seen that before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What? It, it's funny because I've, I've had this conversation from an engineering standpoint a lot, mm. you know, the direction of the door swing, because it's kind of pros and cons. Because in, in hurricane country where we live, on the, uh, there's, you know, when a hurricane comes, there's the windward side of your house mm-hmm. where the wind is blowing at it. And then there's the leeward side of your house where the, there's a suction that's created. Okay, right. And then inside your house, there's static pressure that's pushing out on all surfaces. Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, the re- uh, one of the reasons why, uh, doors will swing in on houses is because um, you, you don't have a lot of occupants so that like egress isn't isn't as big of an issue as like with a commercial building where doors are required to swing out okay. required to swing in the path of egress and in, in the direction of egress but um, uh, when uh, when the when the wind is blowing there's actually a higher pressure pulling the door out on the leeward side, then there is pressure pushing the door in okay. on the inward side because mm-hmm. of that static pressure inside that's either mm-hmm. pushing against the wind or in the same direction of the wind. So having a door that, that opens inward is structurally superior okay. because there's a higher suction pressure right, and there's right, a, right. a positive pressure. Mm-hmm. The downside of that is when the wind is blowing on that side, water leaks through the door oh, easier yeah. because okay. it's it's pushing inward and the door the door seal doesn't okay. maintain its integrity as, gotcha. as much so you know there's pros and cons it's better for wind but it's worse for water and and that that was one of the topics last night every mm-hmm. time somebody brought something up uh, there'd be a counterpoint yeah you know and i'd have to i felt the need to remind everybody not a perfect science it's right. just something we we are um, presenting thoughts and ideas yep. just like everything else with scenarios Whenever we're, we're we're talking about these things, staying safe in an environment in, in, a, in a community that's not necessarily safe, you've got to. We're giving you options, right? And and what's good for you may not be good for somebody else, right? Regina with with her children, she she is considering things more than the boots might be perfect for somebody like like her, right? Right to to, to do something like that. She's Gosh, she has real problems over there. Yeah. You know, and there's people that have real problems um, that they just need somebody to look at their house and move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and a lot of those things that we talked about are like that. Right. We're not talking about necessarily professional people that are walking around. We're talking about people that want drugs real quick. Right. And they're looking for a quick hit, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, gun club podcast, <laughs> again. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting that there's there's a common theme here between uh, what you're talking about last night about fortifying your house and what uh, Pastor was talking about this past Sunday about Jesse, David's, yes. David's father. Right. Um, mm-hmm. How he fortified his house, not, not physically, yeah. but... Yep. Um, from from a spiritual perspective, yeah, and um, it was Father's Day. We had a great service. Yep. It was uh, it, it it speaks to uh, speaks to society. Whenever the facts are this, Mother's Day, Christmas, Easter are the three biggest days for for any church. Right, attendance is much higher. Father's Day, it really doesn't matter. No, the attendance is the same 
as yeah. any other. <laughs> I right. don't set up to take pictures. It just doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what that says about our society, you could glean that yourself. But Well, I think it's also funny, you know, because uh, oddly enough, this is happening in June. Right. right? Which, is, which is Pride Month, mm-hmm. you know, which is the celebration of everything other than traditional family values. That's correct, right. right. Um, however, there's this little spot in the middle of June where we're celebrating fathers. Yeah. And it's it's always it's always funny to me uh, if you want to use that word, but it's always funny to me how you know there there's so much advertisement put towards the 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 pride aspect of of June, mm. uh, and yet um, right in the middle of it, all the retailers for like thirty seconds switch back to traditional values <laughs> for the purpose of selling stuff right you know yeah. like you know amazon and um you know target and walmart and all these major retailers mm-hmm. you know they'll change their logos to be rainbow colored or they'll do you know have special promotions of you know promoting like netflix has the the, the pride category that they promote right. all month or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you know, in order to sell more stuff, mm-hmm. hey, get your father's this for Father's Day. And it's all <laughs> traditional. Like, he wants to grill stuff. He wants to, That's you right. know, he wants to do Arr. stuff with sports. Uh-huh. He wants to outfit his man cave. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. just goes to show you that um, the the major political leanings of all these retailers and stuff is to make money. Sure, uh, sure. We know that. It's, yeah. We understand that. It's uh, <laughs> They're not supporting your cause. They're just trying to sell you stuff. Right, right. I was... Uh, uh, during the second service uh, this Sunday, I was walking around the perimeter after I, I took pictures for a service and I edited them and um, I was going to another um, place, baptism, to take pictures of the people getting baptized. I was walking over there and um, uh, I just heard Pastor Godfrey say he was, I, I couldn't see him, but I, I I could see him in my mind, my mind's eye. He was telling, uh, the, the uh, these are my words, paraphrasing, um, the young people to get off their lazy butts and open the doors for the women, <laughs> open the car doors for the men. And, and if if you're sitting somewhere and there's a lady who comes in and there's not any seats, you you get your lazy butt up and give that woman right. that seat. And he says, I don't care what you think about me. He didn't say, I don't care about what you think about what I'm saying. He said, I, I yeah. honestly, I don't care what you think about me. That's the way it should be. Right. <laughs> I walked up to a friend of mine and said, that's the reason one of many that I am at this church right right there is telling it the way it is. And he actually said, I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> I'm telling you this. This is the way it should be. Right. And I could not agree more. Yeah. People, I, I don't even think twice. And, and listen, Brad, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, this is the way I was raised. I don't think twice about opening the door for my wife. Right. My wife is so used to it that she waits for me. Mm-hmm. I've asked her to wait for me at the door. Donna, I'm going to get the door for you. Just give me a second. Right. It, it's by, if you want to just make, let me do it because it, it makes me feel like a man, that's fine. But I feel like that's what right. we need to do. Uh, my mother taught me that. My father taught me that. Yeah. Not only by words, but by action. You, you know, know? And, and that's that's interesting. So we're kind of getting off track here, but I think it's a, I think it's kind of a cool topic to talk about because I've struggled with this before because I was always raised, I you know, I open door for for ladies mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. Um, my wife, though, um, it, it's kind of an, an odd um, version of that because uh, she she doesn't like crowds. 
She, mm-hmm. she doesn't like, mm-hmm. you know, being where there's a lot of people, whatever. Yeah. And so, uh, especially for like going into a crowded store or crowded restaurant or whatever, opening the door for her and letting her go through first is kind of an anxiety oh, trigger for her. She feels eyes on her, doesn't she? Yeah, either that or she's she's the one that's entering first into a into a crowded area. Okay. okay. So um, I've kind of had to modify it where uh, I open see. the door, I'll go through, but I'll hold the door open for her. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I don't know if she realizes I'm doing that or not, but uh, <laughs> but I've observed her. And <laughs> All right, sure. But you're doing that for her. Yes. Right? Yeah. You, you, she, she does not want to come into a, a room first and you know there's a certain amount of security that that make that that makes sense right you know but like everything's not a perfect world yeah you know what are you gonna do <laughs> what are you gonna do it's it's work for us and that's working for y'all yeah w- what i but but no i i totally agree uh re- regardless of how that that transaction you know navigating doorways works um there's a responsibility with the guys to put to, to prioritize either the safety or the chivalry or mm-hmm. whatever of uh, right of ladies with that's that's part in my mind that is part of keeping um, serving your wife being a servant leader right I, I per, um, performed a, a wedding two night two days ago on the beach in Destin my um, uh, niece Ryan got married mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and she married a, a, a tall strapping young man, Bruce, yeah. Bruce and, and Ryan Lyle. Now they're, they're a great couple. Um, but, uh, anyway, if y'all listening, happy, uh, two day anniversary. Um, I told him, you know, it was just him, was us three on the beach and a photographer. And I, I had things written out, but when I got certain po- points, I stopped and just started talking to him. Right. I said, Bruce, listen, you should be willing to take a bullet for this young lady. I said, she is my niece, and we're mm-hmm. counting on you to, <laughs> to right. do that. But if you ever get to a she place. She has a lot of enemies. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not what I meant. We're but expecting funny. you to take a bullet for <laughs> um, I, I said, if you, I said, look, if you ever get to a place where you wouldn't do that in your in your thought pattern, then something something's wrong. I was just using an extreme example. Protecting her is one of your main responsibilities. Right. Giving your life for her, like Christ gave uh, his life for, for us. And whenever I got to the um, honor and obey part, mm-hmm. I said, just, just wait, let me, you know, I didn't say this, but I just kind of rushed through that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't rush through it, but I, I, I didn't stop, you know right. what I mean, until I read both paragraphs where, where it got to the point where I said the, uh, the obey part goes both ways. Now, obey doesn't mean subservient. It doesn't mean that Ryan is going to serve you all day and do this and you, and, and you yeah. tell her what to do. And she does. That's not what it means at all. As a matter of fact, if somebody had a bird's eye view in your house, which somebody does, <laughs> Christ is looking at you. It should look like you're serving her. Right. And that keeping her protected, serving her, having, using your strength and her using her strength to come together, to be one person in God's eyes. That's what it's, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. And I think they got it. They're a very young couple. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know. I hope so. But anyway, that's uh, part of the safety is nowadays a man's part of the safety right. is bigger than ever. I think. Absolutely. And it, it's, 
kind of sad the way fathers are are being treated yeah. in our current culture. And Pastor alluded this to in, in his sermon too. But the trend in culture today is to denigrate dads. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, I think that was and, one of the first lines in his notes. In the name of comedy, many times. Yeah, in the name of comedy, or just in in the name of equality, mm-hmm. because you know the the role of the father has been a respected role traditionally, and to sort of counter that. It's it's been denigrated. It's been you know made into sort of a, a point of comedy. Like yeah. everybody in the family knows what's going on except dad, right? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's sad. But you know, <clears throat> in in pastor's sermon, he talked about David's dad, Jesse, yeah. and uh, in the example that he he gave and the um, sort of the leadership that he offered in his household and. He, he started with talking about Jesse's name. So Je, uh, he had a, a good name, and it's in First Samuel sixteen one, um, <clears throat> where where he uh, started his sermon. But in looking at what Jesse's name means, because remember we're reading the English translation of a bunch of Hebrew, right? So Jesse is a Hebrew name, and uh, means God is real. But when we're talking about the legacy of Jesse and how that went beyond just his name because you know jesse didn't name himself his his father named him obed right uh, obed named his son jesse and jesse named his sons um uh, subsequently but looking at at his sons we're given his son's name in uh, first chronicles 2 and it's interesting to see what jesse named all of his sons because he sort of continued in that con that um uh, in, in that trend there. He had, Just, he had eight boys, by the way. Uh, yeah, eight boys. And <clears throat> so side note about that. It's interesting in uh, First Chronicles 2 where it gives a lot of the genealogies and only gives seven sons' names, mm. um, uh, even though we're told elsewhere that uh, Jesse had eight sons. And there's a lot of, uh, th- there's no reason given for that, but a lot of people think, you know, because this was wartime, maybe one of his sons, uh, you know, died in war before he was able to have, uh, get married, um, mm-hmm. you know, pass on his lineage and all that stuff. So there's a bunch of different theories as to why that, that was, but, um, uh, there are a lot of sons that were that were listed in in First Chronicles two in those genealogies, but so Jesse's name right means God is real. Eliab, his oldest son, means God is father. Um, Aminadab means father's noble, and you know we go on. There's uh, Shema, which means fame. Nathaniel, which means given of God. Uh, uh, Rada, Ozem, David, trampling, hasten, beloved, in in, in that order, but. Um, he actually had two sisters, uh, Zeruiah and Abigail. And Abigail's name means "my father is joy." So you see that that trend being uh, being pushed through or being continued uh, to the next generation. When you have Jesse's name, God is real, but you also have names: God is father, father is noble, given of God, uh, beloved of God, my father's joy. Uh, so there was a legacy there that was passed down and was continued on to the uh, to the next generation. Um, like, uh, like pastor said, and, uh, so in, in <clears throat> here's another, we've, we've talked about this in podcast episodes in the past, right? 
what Jesse's legacy as far as genealogy was. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't start with Jesse. We talked about uh, you know Boaz, his grandfather, yeah. and Obed, his father, Jesse, David, and and where that led. Um, it, Pastor, though, he he mentioned in the sermon. So you know, since he mentioned, I got to talk about it right. because it's genealogy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that uh, Jesse's. Uh, le- legacy, his lineage went all the way to Joseph, uh, Jesus' adopted father. Mm-hmm. What he didn't mention, though, is that it also goes to Mary. And we've talked about this many times in the past, right? But it, it, it bears repeating here because it goes along with this, uh, uh, the, the ideas communicated in the sermon the other day. So um, in, in talking about the lineage of Jesse going through Joseph, Jesus' father, that, that line of the genealogy passes through uh, the, the line of kings of Judah. So remember, Israel as a nation, uh, at, at one point it split into uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom. And Israel, the northern kingdom, um, they started... Uh, having kings that weren't of the lineage of David, and you know they, um, the, the entire nation of Israel and you know the collective nation of Israel and Judah, they always had this problem of uh, trying to be like the pagan nations around them. Israel, they they kind of took a, a quick nosedive into that uh, mm-hmm. after the split, and it wasn't. I mean, it, it was a couple hundred years, but it wasn't very long until. The, the nation of Israel looked nothing like the nation that it should have been. They were continually um, uh, falling prey to these ideas of the, and practices of the pagan nations. And uh, what happened is the Assyrian Empire at the time came in and conquered Israel. And their practice was when they conquer, when they conquer a nation, they take the people of that nation and they spread them out over the entire Assyrian empire. So, uh, the nation Mm. of Israel for all intents and purposes was lost. Right. Um, now a a lot of people take that one step further and think that, uh, the tribes that were, that made up Israel, uh, the Northern kingdom, they disappeared. That's not true. Mm. Um, because there were, uh, you know, in the split, all, all 12 tribes split at you know uh, some ratio in between them, those that sided with Israel, those that sided with Judah, um, and so on. But uh, regardless, so uh, the, the northern it, uh, nation of Israel got conquered by the Assyrians. A couple hundred years later, the southern kingdom of Judah, their progression was still downward, but it was a little bit slower. Um, but it did still eventually happen, and they got taken over by the Babylonians, mm-hmm. not King Nebuchadnezzar. And <clears throat> the very last king of Judah was Jeconiah. And in, uh, in Esther... Uh, and a couple other places, but in Esther primarily, uh, Esther 2, verse 6, when it starts talking about Mordecai, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Esther's uh, cousin, I believe, uh, it, it tells a little bit of history about Mordecai and says that Mordecai was carried away from Jerusalem with Jeconiah, the king of, du- of Judah, uh, who, who Nebuchadnezzar took away or carried away. So Jeconiah was the last king of Judah, and uh, that was the last king... Uh, that existed before Nebuchadnezzar came in. Babylon took over Judah, took a bunch of people out of Judah. That's where we start learning about Mordecai, about people like Daniel, things like that, because those were people that were taken out of Judah when the Babylonians conquered them. But about Jeconiah, though, he was 
he was such a wicked king that God actually cursed his lineage. And uh, and, and Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah was the prophet to the uh, kingdom of Judah, basically telling them, you know, this is what you've done. This is the judgment that's going to come, so on and so forth. Um, uh, but but God had a message specifically for Jeconiah said that, that said, you know, write ye this man childless. He said, no man of this seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. So in other words. I realize this is the line of kings, but Jeconiah, you're the last one. No one from your seed is going to sit on the on the throne of David, which is kind of an inconvenience, right? Because mm-hmm. we know already that uh, Jesus is from this line, right? Yeah. But that's why it's so important. And and here again, when when Pastor mentioned this, he said that Jeconiah was Joseph's uh, ancestor, right? Because remember, the curse was no one from your seed. Well, Joseph, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jesus wasn't Joseph's seed. He Mm -hmm. was an adopted son of Joseph. Mm -hmm. He was Mary's seed. Mm -hmm. So who did Mary, who did Mary descend from? She came from David as well, Mm -hmm. but came from a different line. So the the line of kings went from David to Solomon and, you know, on down through Jeconiah. That line was cursed. But the biological uh, line that went through Mary and and subsequently to Jesus went from Jesus. David to his son Nathan and and followed there. So that line through Nathan wasn't cursed biologically, but it also wasn't the royal line. It wasn't the, the succession mm-hmm. of kings. Right. So that's why it's so important to delineate why Jesse, uh, th- through the line of Jeconiah, was the... Uh, was of the lineage of Joseph, Jesus' adopted father, because if Jesus was Joseph's biological son, then... He he would have been subject to that that curse, yeah, right? But he was right. the adopted son. He was actually the biological line through Mary. Mm-hmm. And and you know another thing we talked about in a previous podcast was the reason Mary uh, didn't have any brothers is because that biological right would have passed to the firstborn son. Yeah, right. uh, but it was it was because Mary had no brothers that that line could that right could pass through mm-hmm. her. Through adoption, uh, Joseph, so that Jesus was the only person that had both the biological right to the throne mm-hmm. through Mary and the legal right to the throne through Joseph, uh, all of which went through Jesse. Yet again, the Bible proving itself. Yes, and in such technically right. astounding ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the ways that you have to really study mm-hmm. to, to see. And, I mean, there's so many ways that are surface-wise that, that uh, you know, any practically any Bible study will, will prove right. that the Bible is, is the truth. But when you study it harder, it proves it even more. Right. You know, and I, I'm just thinking while you were saying that, I was thinking maybe, I wonder if these are the type of things that uh, people say that the Bible is inconsistent. Right. They say that because on the surface, these things will look that way until you study it more, and then it proves itself. Right. Oh, absolutely. And even things that uh, that Jesus didn't have control over uh, ended up being things that... Uh, that ended up getting fulfilled in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, uh, the, the town where Jesus was from. So that the town of Bethlehem was part of the the inheritance of, of Judah. It was It was part of... The region known as Judah. Mm-hmm, okay. uh, that's why it's called Bethlehem Judah. But it was it was prophesied centuries prior to that that 
the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. Can anything good come from Bethlehem? Right. That that was the thing. Like Bethlehem was such an insignificant, uh, an insignificant town mm-hmm. that no one really expected anything significant to come from Bethlehem. Yeah. I mean, Bethlehem had some some interesting. Uh, some interesting history to it. I remember Rachel um, back in Genesis, uh, Rachel was buried in Bethlehem. Actually, mm. at that time, uh, it wasn't called Bethlehem. It was called Ephrath mm. or Ephrata. Because okay. <clears throat> uh, Bethlehem before Israel came and, you know, in, inhabited the promised land, uh, what's now called Bethlehem was a um, was a Canaanite town inhabited by Canaanites. So, you know, they came in, drove out the Canaanites, and uh, Ephrath, Ephrata, became Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's where Rachel was buried. Uh, That's where, you know, Jesse was from. That's where, uh, you know, the the whole thing about Boaz and Ruth, um, that that whole story or that whole account happened in the region of Bethlehem. Okay. Actually, the, the fields where Boaz would have, uh, you know, left some stuff out for mm-hmm. Ruth, you know, that that whole romance uh, happened uh, just on the outskirts of Bethlehem. Oh, I didn't know Most that. likely in the same exact fields where angels one, you know, one day came and uh, brought the message oh, of the Messiah's coming okay. to the shepherds. Okay. Um, okay. That would have been the same fields. All right. I didn't yeah. know that. About that. I never thought to ask where that was happening. You know? <laughs> right. I just have the visual of of tractors pulling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous, but tractors pull along and stuff falling off the back and, and the boys going, let's just leave that alone. Right. Flip for that good looking lady over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you well, know? you know, it's funny because the, uh, when, when people came through and, and harvested their fields, there was always something that fell off the, the, right. you know, the, the wagons mm-hmm. or the tractors or whatever. <laughs> and it was law that they weren't allowed to pick that, that up. Okay. They're supposed to leave it there so that uh, people who were in need mm-hmm. coming in, it was called gleaning. Gleaning, that's uh, right. But yeah. Boaz went a little bit step further and said, mm-hmm. "I know, I know, some stuff's fallen off, but let's make a little bit more fall off." Yeah, I, I can see that. Yes, <laughs> over there. <laughs> that's kind of what I, I can see it. I can see it happening. You know what I mean? And, and thinking, I'm, I'm going to get her digits here directly. I'm right. Gonna <laughs> some food to take home to whoever. And the funny thing is, uh, Ruth didn't even know some of this stuff. Like, remember, Ruth was a Moabitess. Mm -hmm. She didn't have the knowledge of, like, what barley signified Mm -hmm. in Hebrew culture Mm -hmm. and things like that. So there's, like, some communication going on between Boaz and and, and Ruth's Mm. Um, mother-in-law, Naomi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Naomi. Uh, there's some communication going on between Boaz and Naomi there that Ruth wasn't privy to oh. because Naomi was Hebrew and, okay. and Boaz was Hebrew. And so they're sort of communicating through Ruth oh. uh, with, you know, the presentation of barley or, oh, you know, gotcha. different yeah, things yeah. like that. It's really interesting. Like when, when you, it's when a you fascinating start, story. Oh yeah. When, it you, is. when you start to like grasp a little bit of the nuance yeah, of what's going yeah. on in, in the Hebrew, yeah. um, the, the whole account of Boaz and Ruth is, is quite an amazing. Oh, I wish I read Hebrew. Cause I, I love that story. Anyway, it's a romance story. You oh, know absolutely. I mean? yeah. I just, I just see Ruth being oblivious yeah. to what's happening, but this guy really being affectionate towards her and, right. and being honorable and doing everything that his mother taught him. Uh, how to treat a woman. That's yeah. what he was doing with this, with this woman. I often like, you know, this, this is never recorded in the Bible, but you know, cause Ruth was Jesse's grandmother. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and as kids, we always, you know, uh, we always interact with our grandparents and stuff. Mm-hmm. I wonder 
if Ruth ever told Jesse like the story of how Grandma and Grandpa met. Huh. <laughs> I wouldn't see why not. Yeah. I mean, you know, she was a she certainly was an outstanding lady, right? Very, full of character. You know, she loved her grandkids and all that. That's mm-hmm. an interesting question. Because remember, uh, Jesse grew up in the time of the judges as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, Samuel was the last judge, and he uh, he anointed Saul king and David king. Um, they're mm-hmm. forty years apart. So Jesse Jesse's childhood would have been in the time of the judges. I wonder if Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's fun to ponder is what it is, it is, Josh. It was Father's Day. We had a good time. We got yeah. wallets. Hey, we got yes. wallets. Did you get one? I did. Excellent. Yep. Okay. I um, As we close here in a minute, I want to let, let my uh, favorite cousin, Cindy's husband, and I think a buddy is my, my cousin too, but um, uh, he listens to our podcast. Okay. Buddy. So thank you for that, buddy. He, he lives in uh, Mississippi. Nice. And uh, I, for some reason, I sent him the podcast, you know, a link to the podcast. Because he told me before he, he listened a, a while back. Um, and he sent, sent me a text back. He says, hey, man, I'm a subscriber. I said, oh, cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, he said, you're going to save We got one. Me? Yeah, we got one. There we go. <laughs> he said, you're going to save me a wallet? I said, absolutely. So yeah. I've got him a wallet. I'm going to give him. I'll see him Saturday. Right. Uh, we have a family reunion going on. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we actually have a couple podcasts um, going on now. We have this mm-hmm, one, and then mm-hmm. we have the, uh, which we've been going for about, what, two and a half, three years now? Yep. Since the uh, beginning of COVID. That's right. Uh, and we have a new one that's uh, maybe about a couple, uh, two two months old or I so. I think so. Uh, the Pour Over Pour Podcast. Over that's yep. uh, uh, Jacob Giles and Preston Smith. Yep, doing a good uh, job over there, those guys are. Yep. I enjoy listening to it. It usually drops on Mondays. We drop on Thursdays. That's right. That's um, right. <laughs> Uh, See they okay so they record on Thursdays yeah. and drop Monday. Uh-huh. We record on Thursdays and drop Thursdays. That's usually. right. That's a testament to Destry's. Um, when, th- <laughs> when things go right, right. When things that's go what right. happens. Every now and then I start randomly to brag. But, you know. <laughs> hey, you know it's just a way to. That's a that's a testament to us ha- having a studio and office in the same place. Yep. it's the same thing. <laughs> I don't have to sign up for anything or, you know, because uh, you have financed all of our deals here. We've got a nice little thing right here going. So anyway, uh, that is a fun podcast. Those young pastors are really reaching out to yep. um, to kids. And it is entertaining. It's it's coffee themed, which is why it's called Pour Over. Yeah. So they usually have three segments there. Um, I think it's uh, uh, fill it up, drink it in, pour it out. Oh, is that, like oh that. that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Good. Very good. Very so. good. Um, I believe Pastor Godfrey's going to start one too sometime yep. soon, which is going to be obviously very popular and, and yep. good. If you've never heard Pastor Godfrey, please go to YouTube and, and type in his name or Marcus Point Baptist Church. Guaranteed, you will. Uh, I would suggest just start with this last one, Father's Day. Yeah, that's who you get whenever you come to Marcus Point right. Baptist Church. That's that's the guy you get every Sunday. Yeah, um, and that's why this church is is packed every Sunday as yep. well. But uh, if you want to learn more about us, you know, we're, we're here every Sunday. Uh, we have a, a Pensacola campus, a Beulah campus, a Pace campus. You can learn more about uh, those locations and everything. If you go to PensacolaChurch.org, you can call us at the office, 850-479-8337. We also have all kinds of social media. We've got a YouTube channel, Facebook page, Instagram. Uh, you can reach us, email info at MarcusPointBaptist.org or Come and visit us. You can visit yeah. me and Destry at, at Gun Club Wednesday nights, room A102, 6205 North W Street, Pensacola, Florida. Awesome. Very good. Like you said, we have Pensacola Campus, Beulah Campus, Pace Campus, actively working on getting a place in Navarre. 
yes, as well, or Navarra, as Pastor Godfrey calls right. it, Navarra, Navarra. <laughs> Uh, so we're reaching out. I mean, it's, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about the, um, the, the vision that, uh, that he said God gave him, um, as he was landing from one of his trips on an airplane, mm-hmm. um, about, um, before he retires, how God wants him to, 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 to leave Marcus Point Baptist Church. we have to have him on or talk about, talk about it or something. Is that like. why he's so, uh, dead set on getting this done quick? Oh yeah. Cause he wants to retire fast. Uh, <laughs> If he, I don't know about that. He does. I don't kidding. think. I, don't think <laughs> I, know I just got our podcast in trouble. <laughs> I can tell you, he does not want to retire. Email <laughs> or another phone call. Maybe not drop um, this one today. <laughs> you no, know, he, he, he. The last two sa- Sundays, he tell you, you can tell his work ethic. He has a second to none work ethic, and, right? And he. Uh, expects n- nothing less uh everybody who who's in this church and he just getting it done you know what i mean yep he's getting it done but anyway like josh said you can come visit us and we'd love to have you uh we had um we've got one two three three four new people in in our group um mm-hmm. on um wednesday nights who have come the last two wednesdays so we're excited about that yeah uh so Come uh, next week, we're going to have another podcast. This is one of the ways that we connect to God, one another in a lost world every week. Uh, Wednesdays, so many classes going on. We're about to start another quarter, I think, in August. Is that Mm -hmm. right? And we're going to be doing some more new things, and we'll mention those here in the near future. But, uh, Josh, thanks for coming by. I know it's been a busy week for you. Yes. Um, Thank you very much for stopping by, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. See you. Bye-bye.